0: That's right. The woman is. Well, many may know this already, ta-ta. and I apologize That's to right. all of you equity the investors out there, but bond is. investors, well, they just might be smarter than you. Uh, here with the study that uh, backs that is Sid Verman. He's uh, at Bloomberg News covering cross asset markets uh, out of our London Bureau, and he joins us from our Bureau in the City of London. Sid, so what exactly um, is the study that was done? Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so a paper came out by a professor... Um, at the University of California at Berkeley, that looked at bond returns that followed um, a huge number of quarterly earning announcements—about um, 20,000 from 70, 70 firms um, from 770 firms from 2005 to 2014. So, a big um, overview um, of how um, junk bond prices move after earnings reports, and it found that. Um, high-yield bonds can actually predict stock returns for a large number of issuers particularly firms when they have a modest level of um, ownership by institutional investors and and mom-and-pop investors might own a high proportion of that stock. So it's a very interesting conclusion because it it kind of feeds the narrative that bond guys are smarter than stock guys. And I certainly have had a lot of um, smug, fixed-income investors seizing on the study and sending me messages about why um, this proves that they're smarter. Well,
0: it's interesting, too, right? And I feel like we've often had that conversation that the equity market is sometimes the last to know that if you look at the credit markets uh, and the fixed income markets, uh, you certainly will see things um, sooner than the equity markets. I mean, there has been this kind of debate out there about the efficiency of the credit market relative to the stock market.
1: Yeah, that is true. I mean, it's a bit of a chicken-and-egg situation because um, a downturn in the credit market may then trigger a downturn in the uh, stock market. But there's no doubt there's a lot of research that credit markets have the ability to predict shifts in the economic cycle. Um, but, yeah, this, this does trigger um, a big debate um, in finance, um, the efficiency of the credit market and the ability of active managers to exploit mispricing and asset classes. And and there's a lot of sympathy for mom-and-pop investors I have um, in in stock markets because uh, complex financial information uh, means that it's very difficult to actually assess the health of corporates immediately after earnings reports, Um, a lot of um, stock investors might look at uh, very basic accounting norms like IFRS earnings or GAAP earnings, whilst high-yield guys uh, might look at economic earnings, which take into account adjustments for operating and non-operating factors, which then might impact um, corporate health down the road. And so I think the study really does throw into sharp relief the challenge for stock investors is try and take stock and try to understand all the complex financial information out there, um, because as we know, accounting and corporate prospects are bedeviled by complexity. Right. And so, yeah, it does show that um, institutional investors might be in a better position.
0: We're talking with Sid Verma, a reporter covering cross-asset markets uh, in London with Bloomberg News, joining us on the phone uh, from London. You note, though, in your story that you put out uh, today uh Um, or earlier this week, I think on Monday, actually, uh, that the study has a big exception. Talk to Sid about that.
1: Yeah, so it has, um, well, two big exceptions. Junk bonds that have low liquidity um, don't provide um, a smart guidance about how stocks will move down the road. And that's because with low liquidity, institutional investors tend not to punt on that. And, and junk prices have less information as a result because um, trading costs tend to be higher when liquidity conditions are low. Um, and secondly, um, if um, bonds are investment-grade, they not, might not provide that much information about uh, mm-hmm. stock returns um, relative to their junk bond peer. And that's just because of base effects. Um, mm-hmm. Investment-grade bonds are in less danger of default by, um, just by um, uh, creditworthiness.
0: Right, the high yield markets are, are the fixed income markets certainly great when things are going astray. Uh, you certainly yeah, start cool. to see troubles in there. Hey, what about in terms of where we are, Sid, in the market cycle? We're anticipating higher rates, certainly by the U.S. central bank, maybe a little bit later by uh, the European central bank. But we're starting, you know, we're seeing that cycle already start or get ready to start with some conviction. It feels like. Uh, what does that mean, or how might that impact? Uh, um the fixed income market the high yield market
1: yeah I mean it's it's slightly counterintuitive but a, a lot of people are very sanguine about um, prospects for high yield bonds going forward and that's because um, they have a better price cushion to um, to deal with um, the rising rate environment and at the same time they are of lower Duration than their investment grade counterpart. But that's all premised on a big if, and that's whether this economic cycle um, is really staging an uptick in which uh, inflation will increase and will give companies more pricing power. And of course, things can be any more different in this cycle relative Mm -hmm. to previous cycles, because a lot of the risk-taking and tight bond prices um, are preceding an uptick in um, economic growth. So, um, it's not not leaving much room for error.
0: Got it. Sid, thank you so much. Sid Verma, uh, a reporter with Bloomberg News, covering cross-asset markets in London, joining us on the phone from the city of London. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We're going to talk Tesla earnings shortly, right here on Bloomberg Radio.